Amen, and good morning. Welcome to worship on this beautiful Sunday morning, and it is wonderful to see all of you here today. You'll notice that we did remove the centerpieces because, believe it or not, we end up with so many people here that we've just got to spread out on our own. Don't forget there's also pews right up front. Uh, they are here if you need them. But welcome to worship, and welcome to those who are worshiping online, and the peace of Christ be with you all. Now let us first turn around and wave to anybody who's worshiping with us online. Good morning. And now take a moment to greet everyone who is sitting around you. And let us gather in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you this morning. And Lord, we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit. Bless us with your power while we worship you in this place. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. And now we have a few announcements, so I'm going to invite folks to come down if you have an announcement, and you can come make that now. And I just want to announce, as you've noticed, we do not have bulletins this week because our copier is not connected because our church is actually a bit of a renovation zone right now, a construction zone right now. You'll notice that the roof is going on in top of all, on top of all the building except for the sanctuary, so that's exciting news, a new roof. When you get to be an adult, simple things get exciting, don't? they and so we are getting a new roof and also then uh, the offices are getting renovated they needed some very much needed TLC and so everything's disconnected and also next Sunday as long if it's a beautiful day like this we are going to be outside so bring your lawn chairs uh, or we will have metal chairs if you prefer and we are going to gather if you're able to help get here early and help us set up chairs so many of you were amazing with making sure that we got the chairs out and all spread out so help out if you can come a little bit early otherwise next Sunday we are going to be worshiping outside as long as it's not raining good morning good morning we are going to have Jones cookie and conversation this morning after church, so I hope you can join us. Good morning. Um, so the PBJs have an important and an exciting announcement, um, but let me just pause for a moment because some of you may be saying, what are the PBJs? Uh, the PBJs is Pastor Brianna, Jeff, John, Joyce, and Jill. <laughs> and if you can say that five times fast, you might win a ticket for it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I, we're, we're pleased to announce that due, uh, because of popular demand, we're actually going to have another chicken barbecue. Um, it was a great success when we did it back in June, and we're going to be doing it again on August 27th, which is a Friday. Uh, it'll be from 4 to 7 p.m. here at the church. Um, and it will be an outdoor event, so you can either use a drive-through or you can eat outside. Um, there's a couple different ways that you can help to support this event. In the back of the sanctuary, there are flyers on the ledge by the window. Um, so please grab a flyer and please hang those in your community if you don't mind. Um, and then there's going to be two ways that you can purchase tickets th for the event. Um, the tickets will be $12 for pre-sale. Um, and the dinner includes a half chicken, uh, buttered spuds, macaroni salad, uh, roll and dinner roll and butter. Um, 
you can either purchase them online at the church website on the barbecue tab, or I'll be selling them from now right through until the event uh, in Cook Hall. Um, and in addition, just like the last time, if you were, if you did attend the last time, our Women's Fellowship has graciously offered to make baked goods for sale, so it should be a really fun event. Um, but with all that said, if you did attend last time, you do know that we sold out within 50, five zero minutes of opening up, so we strongly encourage you to buy your tickets in advance and hope that everyone's able to attend. It's a fun event. Thank you.
Amen, and please be seated. Now this morning, as we light our peace candle, we have a prayer that I am going to recite for you that Pastor Pierre was able to bring to me. He went to a peace rally in the city of Buffalo this week, and this was the prayer that was handed out to everybody to pray. And so we are going to join our hearts with the greater community of the Buffalo area and pray for peace this morning. So will you join your hearts with mine as we light this candle and pray for peace. O Lord, our God, in your mercy and kindness, no thoughts of ours are left unnoticed, no desire or concern ignored. You have proven that blessings abound when we fall on our knees in prayer, and so we turn to you in our hour of need. Surrounded by violence and cries for justice, we hear your voice telling us what is required only to do justice and to love goodness and to walk humbly with your God. Fill us with your mercy so that we in turn may be merciful to others. Strip away pride and suspicion and racism so that we may seek peace and justice in our communities. Strengthen our hearts so that they beat only to the rhythm of your holy will. Flood our path with your light as we walk humbly toward a future filled with encounter and unity. Be with us, O Lord, in our efforts, for only by the prompting of your grace can we progress toward virtue. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, kids, and good morning, Bernie. Hey, brother, does anyone ever get into trouble in the Bible? Oh, yes, they do. Even King David got into trouble a few times. King David, the greatest king of Israel, got into trouble? Oh, hi, Finn. We didn't know you were here this morning. Good to see you, little buddy. Sorry. I got distracted playing with too many toys. Well, yes, even King David got into trouble sometimes. Once he did something really bad, and God got really mad at him. He did something really bad? Like, really, really bad? Yep, super bad. So bad that I don't really think it's kid appropriate. So just trust me and believe me that he did something he should not have done. Okay, we'll take your word for it, Charlie. Did God forgive him for what he did? Of course, because God always forgives. David did get into trouble, but God forgave him after David apologized. I bet God forgives us when we do things wrong, too. I'm sure God does. But God also likes us to learn from our mistakes. When we make a mistake or even do something wrong on purpose, God wants us to apologize and then try to do better next time. And God forgives us. Is that what the word repent means? Absolutely, Bernie. When we repent, we say sorry to God for what we've done wrong and we promise to try really hard to do better next time. Oh, I remember. Mom, 
I mean, Pastor Elizabeth, says that to repent is to turn away from what we did wrong and to turn back to God. Yep, like a holy U-turn. What's a U-turn? It's a turn in the shape of the letter U. What's the letter U? It's this letter right here, buddy. So when we mess up, we're supposed to apologize and turn back to God. And God forgives us and gives us strength to do better next time. Our God is so good. The best. You're right, pups. Okay, kids. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye, kids. I learned something today and I hope you did too. Have a blessed week. We continue our worship with the Whitney. And when I say we worship you, you respond with you are a way maker. God, you are here moving in our midst. We worship you. You are a way maker. You are here working in this place. We worship you. You are our way maker. You are here touching every heart. We worship you. You are a way maker. You are here turning lives around. We worship you. You are the way You are here healing every heart. We worship you. Thank you, Lord, for always making a way. We worship you. You are our way maker. Amen.
Amen, and please be seated. And now we have two readings this morning. Our first reading comes from 2 Kings chapter 4. We are going to read from the end of 2 Kings chapter 4, starting with verse 42. Now, as we're reading in 2 Kings, we are finding ourselves with the prophet Elisha. And so not to be confused with the prophet Elijah. So a lot of times, sometimes if I'm reading to myself, I call Elisha, Elisha, because I think it's more easy to understand. But Elijah was the senior prophet, and then his disciple became the prophet after him was Elisha. The only difference is that Elijah is spelt with a J, Elisha is spelt with an S-H. So a little bit confusing. And it doesn't necessarily matter for you today either, because what you need to know is that we are going to read about something that happened with a prophet. And this happened at a time when there was famine, when people were starving, and when everybody was looking to Elisha as the man of God, as the prophet, looking to him for help and for guidance. And so we are going to read from 2 Kings chapter 4, starting with verse 42. If you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say, Amen. Amen. Starting with verse 42. A man came from Baal Shalisha, bringing food from the first fruits of the, uh, to the man of God, 20 loaves of barley and fresh ears of grain in his sack. And Elisha said, give it to the people and let them eat. But his servant said, how can I set this before a hundred people? And so he repeated, give it to the people and let them eat. For thus says the Lord, they shall eat and have some left. And he set it before them, and they ate and had some left according to the word of the Lord. And now we are going to read what you're going to think this is what we read last week. So we are going to jump to the Gospel of John. I promise you it's not exactly what we read last week, and we're not going to read the whole entire story because we did read the story last week. But we are going to read about the feeding of the 5,000 as told by John. And the reason that we're doing this, that we're reading this again, is because we're not paying attention to just the feeding. We paid attention to that, uh, to that last week. But I want you to pay attention to how this part ends. So we are going to read from... The Gospel of John, the sixth chapter, we are going to start partway through the feeding of the 5,000. If you weren't here last week, don't worry, the sermons are all online. You can go back and you can catch it from last week. We are going to read from the sixth chapter. We will start with verse 8 and read through verse 15, starting with verse 8. One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many people? And Jesus said, Make the people sit down. And now there was a great deal of grass in the place, and so they sat down, about 5,000 in all. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they were satisfied, he told his disciples, gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. And so they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled twelve baskets. And when the people saw the sign that he had, they, he had done, they began to say, this is indeed the prophet who has come into the world and when Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force and make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain. 
by himself. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. And let us join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you today, Lord. And Lord, we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit as we gather in this place. Bless us with your power. Bless us with your love. Bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds so that all that we do and all that we say while we are here in this place and out there in this world are holy and acceptable to you. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. So last week we did read about the feeding of the 5,000, and it came up again in the lectionary this week. Uh, Only John gives us one additional piece of information. So who is paying really good attention and wants to tell me what that additional piece of information was? They wanted to take Jesus and do what? Make him king. I knew you guys would pay attention. They wanted to take Jesus by force and make him king after all that jesus had done all of these unbelievable healings and then this this feeding this feeding which we know because we know the story we know that jesus miraculously fed the people but do you know the story that the people would have known then they would have known about elisha they would have known that story of that prophet from old they would have known how once upon a time there was a prophet named elisha and he was a great prophet he was a great man of god and and everybody respected him and he fed people miraculously so when they saw what jesus did that day when they saw how jesus fed the crowds in an even greater number than elisha had done they said this must be the messiah this must be the messiah and their hearts were in the right place you know everybody who didn't have like a cold hard heart knew that jesus clearly came from god and and their hearts were in the right place but their plan was a little bit muddled i mean yes they were sick of being oppressed yes they were they were in need of of a better king yes they wanted their messiah but to try and stage a coup against the Roman Empire without too much planning and to kidnap Jesus and then to force him to be king, that's why I say their plan was maybe a little bit muddled. Do you know what I mean? Maybe it wasn't fully thought through, but of course Jesus knows all. Jesus knows all things. And so Jesus just quickly escaped and and he snuck away before they could kidnap Jesus and make him their king, or at least attempt to, because the Roman Empire was a bit of an oppressive force. And so we learned that. But then as we go through our readings, the reason that I also wanted us to read from Second Kings today is because we get that story from the prophet Elisha. And the truth is, I, I would have even loved to have read all Second Kings to you. 
Because 2 Kings is a very interesting chapter, at least the fourth chapter there. It's a very interesting chapter. But Elisha, he did miraculous things. And at this time, what we just read is he had all of these people who were starving. And they came to him and they turned to him and, and they asked, like, Elisha, we are, we're starving. We have nothing that, nothing that we can do. We don't know where we're going to get our next meal from. And then just out of nowhere, this person comes to give their food, to give the first fruits of their harvest. This person, this stranger, this foreigner, this person comes to Elisha, to the prophet, to give what he has grown. And he comes and he gives it to Elisha. And then Elisha tells all of the people to, to sit down. He tells his disciples, make everybody sit down just like Jesus had done. There were only 100 people there, not 5,000 plus women and children like Jesus had. But still, 100 people is a pretty large number when you have a bunch of starving people sitting in front of you. And so Elijah told his disciples, tell everybody to sit down. But the disciples did the same thing that Jesus' disciples would later do. And they looked at the food and they're like, well, this is really great that we have this food, but why don't we just eat it and let all those people starve? Why don't we just take this food and fill our bellies? Because there's not enough to feed a hundred people here. And Elijah's like, no. It's like, that's not what God wants. God doesn't want us just to sit here and feed ourselves, but instead, God is going to make a way. Elisha, the prophet, told his disciples, God is going to make a way. We are not concerned about our own well-being, but we know that God will make a way because Elisha knew what we all need to know, and that is that God is a way maker. Do you realize that God is a way maker? How many times has God intervened in your lives and made a way? How many times has God kind of broken into your plans and been like, ah, you're going in the wrong direction, and then put you back on course and made a way for you? How many times has God broken into your life when you're at the most heartbreaking time? Maybe you've gone through a terrible breakup. Maybe you've gone through something that's just heartbreaking, and God just comes in and makes away. And later you stop and you look back at what you went through and you're like, that was God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody have God make a way? And you think everything is falling apart, but then God makes a way and afterwards you turn back and you're like, wow, thank you, Lord. Elisha knew that God was a way maker and God made a way that day because they, they, they took the food. They didn't keep it all for themselves, but, but they took the food and then they blessed it and somehow everyone was filled. Somehow everybody's bellies received the food that they needed. But that's not the only story in 2 Kings chapter 4. Maybe when you go home, you want to open up the whole entire chapter and read it yourselves because it's a good chapter. Sorry, Bible studiers. I was too stuck on David and Bathsheba to, to think about 2 Kings. All that drama, which we're not going to talk about today. You know that story. David did things he shouldn't have done. That's, that's, that, that's that sermon. Don't give in to temptation. If you want a sermon about David and Bathsheba, the sermon is don't give in to every temptation. It's not a good idea. Learn from David's mistakes. But anyways, thinking about 2 Kings, if we go back to the beginning of the fourth chapter, there's another really interesting story about how God is a way maker. There was this woman and her husband died. And this is thousands of years ago. Her husband died and she had two young children and she didn't know what to do because she couldn't work she couldn't provide for herself and then to make matters even worse her husband had debts and so the debtors that who, who the husband had owed money to they came to this woman and they said your husband owed us debt so we are going to take your children as 
slaves to pay off this debt that your husband owes us. And so this woman, she, uh, she freaked out, I'm sure. I mean, this was thousands of years ago, but she was a mom. I'm pretty sure she started to absolutely freak out. You know, when you have those moments and you're like, uh-oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. This is terrible. And so she went to the prophet. She went to Elisha. She went to Elisha and she said, I don't know what I'm going to do. And Elisha looked at her and he said, what do you have that's worth any money? She said, I have one jar of oil. Just one jar of oil. He said, God is a way maker. And so he told her, go and get every container that you can find. Go and send your kids all around the area and find every little empty container that you can find and bring that container into the house and just start filling up those containers with your jar of oil. And miraculously, the oil didn't stop. Miraculously, the oil continued to flow until every container was filled and then the oil stopped flowing and then she came to a lot and she said well what's next he said go sell all of those containers that you filled sell all of those containers and you will have enough money to pay off your debt and your children will not need to become slaves because Elisha knew that the people were suffering but Elisha also knew that our God is a way maker. But the thing is that our, our God's not a genie. Our God's not some genie that we just get whatever we ask for. But somehow, some way, our God is a way maker. Just the other day, I was watching this video. I'm sure it was probably two o'clock in the morning, and I was probably awake because you know how your brain does that sometimes? It's like, oh, it's two o'clock in the morning. This is a good time to be awake and start thinking about everything. You guys know what I'm talking about? So I'm sure I had one of those mornings. And so I, I was watching this video. When I started watching this video, it was about a man who was in prison. Apparently, there's going to be a documentary about it, or maybe there is already. Uh, it was two in the morning, so um, I couldn't find the video either, but there was this man who was in prison. I don't know what he was in prison for, but he was in prison for something. And then this prison started this cat rehab program where they would bring in these cats that were found on the streets, these cats that were not house trained, and they'd bring these cats into the prison, and then these group of men would work with these cats and would rehabilitate these cats and then foster these cats until the rescue was able to take those cats and give them permanent homes. And so this man, he had been in prison, and of course he was an alpha male like probably a lot of the other guys who were there, but he said, you know, after all these years in prison, I didn't need to sit out in the yard and, and talk about the same things like all of the other guys out there. He's like, I didn't need to do that anymore. And I'm sure that all the other alpha males out there think that it's pretty silly or pretty ridiculous that somebody is going to go play with cats all day. But this guy, he didn't care. And so he went and he became a part of this program. And he worked with these cats. These cats who lived out on the street. These cats who, who had no way of making it into a home unless they had some serious TLC. And he realized that he was a little bit like these cats, you know, with this rough upbringing that he had had. And so he started to care for these cats and he realized that how much it meant for him. And so he, he went through cat after cat that he was able to care for the cat and house train the cat and rehab the cat until those cats were able to go off and to go to all these loving homes and, and live these wonderful lives. And this man was doing this well he was in prison and then finally this orange tabby cat came in and he just let anybody here ever have an orange tabby cat before oh they're the best aren't they and so you can imagine growing up across the street from a farm we had a lot of cats plus my parents brought home every animal they could possibly adopt they once brought home a cockatoo 
You think I'm joking? I'm not joking. Apparently they were walking by a pet store and somebody was hitting, with, hitting it with a stick and so my parents had to go in and buy the cockatoo and bring it home. We had a room full of birds. We literally had a bird room. I could tell a whole entire story about that another time. And so my parents would always bring in these cats from all these different places. And the cats that we would often love so much were the orange tabby cats. They were the orange tabby cats, and a lot of times they were double pod too, and they were such good cats. All of their names needed to start with a K. I have no idea why. But so that, I, I know that this man, you know, he had this orange tabby cat, and this orange tabby cat was rough. Just like all the orange tabby cats that we'd get, that we'd end up adopting, started off really rough and was a, a straggly kind of cat. But then with this rehab, as this man started to work with this tabby cat, it started to become an awesome cat. One of those sweet, cuddly cats. One of those cats that doesn't want to leave your side. It, it turned into one of those cats. And this man just loved those cat, that cat. You know how sometimes you end up with an animal? I call them the pet soulmates. You know sometimes you end up with those animals that are just like your pet soulmates. And you just love them so much. He realized that this cat was that to him. And so he, he went to the rescue and he, when they were you know, communicating with him one day. And he said, I'm almost out of prison. I don't have much longer. Is there any way, is there any possible way that you can save this orange tabby cat for me so that I can adopt him when I get out of this place? And because our God is a way maker, because our God always finds a way, the rescue and the prison were able to coordinate. So when this man left the prison, he was able to take this orange tabby cat with him. And when he went home with this orange tabby cat, he had a reason to stay out of prison. He had a reason not to get back into trouble. He had a reason to work hard so that he could stay in the comfort of his home with his new best friend, his orange tabby cat, because our God is a way maker. Do you realize how much our God is a way maker? If we're going to look at all these readings, and we can open up a whole bunch more if we look through our Bible, and we can also sit down and, and tell stories, we'll find out that our God's a way maker. Who here has ever had a broken heart before? This is the thing I want our young people to see. So often our young people, oh my goodness, they think that the, uh, life is over because they have a broken heart, but you know what? We've all been there, haven't we? Sometimes you have those breakups that are so bad that you don't think there's going to be a way. Somehow you, you think that everything is just falling apart, but then you, you turn to God, and God makes a way. And suddenly you realize that even that bumpy road that you just went down, it was worth it because God makes a way. Think about all the times that God makes a way in our lives. Think about that man with his tabby cat. Think about God leading the Israelites through the wilderness. Think about God redeeming humanity from our sins. Think about all that our God does for us. Our God is a way maker. And no matter what we go through, no matter what struggles we go through, our God God can make a way. Yes, God's not a genie. Yes, God's not some puppet master, but our God can make a way. It may not be what we think. It may not be what we expect, but somehow, someway, our God can make a way. Do you guys know this? Am I the only one up here sweating and getting really excited over here? <laughs> our God is a way maker. Sometimes things are difficult. I'll tell you, my family had the hardest last two years of our lives, and yet God made a way. I look at my nephews growing even though they don't have their father. 
I look at cute little Petra, even though she doesn't have her father and she'll never meet him. But you know what? Our God makes a way. Even in heartbreak, our God makes a way. Even in our heartbreak, God finds a way to bring healing. Even in our heartbreak, God finds a way to bring peace because our God is a way maker and we need to know that. We need to turn to God. We need to know that our God's a way maker no matter what we go through. So friends, do you know what I'm talking about? No matter what you face in this world, friends, we have a way maker. We are not like sheep without a shepherd, but we have a way maker. When you are broken, when your heart is shattered, when you think all things are lost, when you think that there's no end in sight, turn to our God, the one who feeds the crowds, the one who makes a way. Because in our God, hope is never lost because we have a God who is a way maker. And when I think about that, it just brings me joy. So let's join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you, Lord. You are often the only one who can make a way. You are often the only one who can heal our broken hearts. You are often the only one who can lead us from violence to peace. You are often the only one who can transform a cold heart into a warm heart. You are often the only one who can make a way in this world. So, Lord, we turn to you. And we ask that you bless us and that you lead us and that you guide us. Any, if anybody here is going through a hard time, Lord, please make a way for them. And Lord, we pray this in every prayer through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now is the time for offering, and you can also give online, and she does get wound.
Let us pray together. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Now go forth with the blessing of God. Go forth knowing that our God is a way maker. Go forth, be blessed, and be a blessing to all. <laughs>